we kind of dove right in and we, we looked at a scripture in uh, Mark chapter one and it was talking about this whole idea that Jesus wants to make us something. Um, now, if, if Jesus was gonna make me something, I would choose that he would make me like skinny or beautiful or maybe smart, maybe more holy, maybe more disciplined in life. I mean, those are the things that I would want Jesus to make me. Anybody else kind of with me there? That if I had a choice of Jesus to make me something, I mean, I would want some of those things. And most of those things are kind of superficial. I mean, some of them, you know, like better looking. I mean, we'd all like that. I mean, it doesn't matter how good looking you are. You always wanna be better looking. But some of us, I mean, some of us are not, not very disciplined, uh, and I would love to be more disciplined in life. I would love to have a, a much better role of being able to, to love people. I would, I would hope that God would make me more loving. But Jesus doesn't say that he would make us any of those things. He said, man, some of those things will be a byproduct, but the thing that I wanna make you above all else, the thing that I wanna do in your life that is gonna be significant, that maybe you have never even recognized, and if we were to hear it at first, we probably wouldn't sign up for it, is this whole idea that Jesus wants to make us fishers of men. Jesus wants us to go out and live a life that impacts other people's lives in such a way that they want to go and follow him as well because of what he has done in their life. And so we, we kind of dove into that and we started talking about that whole thought and, and how Jesus is, is, is in this process with us of trying to make us into a fisher of men. And I started thinking about this in my life. I started thinking about our church because right now we're, um, let's see, it is August 14th. So we're about 30 days away. We launched Coastal Community Church on September 13th of 2009. That's almost two years ago. And as I started thinking about the process that God has brought us on, that God has taken us on this journey, I think about the amazing things that he has done within us. And I think about the things that have happened. And I'm so humbled by the fact that, Je that Jesus would choose to use this guy from Chicago that has a South Carolina accent that isn't real bright, doesn't have like all this stuff going on for him, that he would use him and his wife and a couple other people to come here to a place that they knew nobody at and go and start a church where people said, you know what, churches, they fail there all the time. Nobody's ever broken 200 people in the last five years. You know, it's just not a good idea. And he would use a group of us to come together and say, you know what, we don't care about what everybody else says, but we're gonna go and we're gonna be fishers of men for people and we're gonna go reach people for Jesus. And today you are a byproduct of that because some people started saying, you know what, God is taking us on this process that is not just about us, it's not just about what we wanna do in life, but God wants to do something through us to make an impact on other people. And, and I look around and people are, are coming to Christ all the time. We've had over 200 people in under two years give their lives to Jesus. That is ridiculous. And, and we're seeing marriages restored. We're seeing families come back together. We're seeing relationships being healed. We're seeing people that have been walking around with, with loads of unforgiveness, forgiving people and finding freedom in Christ that they never experienced um, at all. And I remember just a few months into the church and, and we were just hanging out one day and um, it was near the holidays and Wayne and Jennifer, who are children's pastors and some other people were at our house. And we, we got like our first phone call of somebody in need. This couple called and said, man, we're having marriage. We're having some marriage trouble. Can you come talk to us? And I was like, sure, do, when do you wanna set that up? And they're like, right now. And I was like, well, did, did you get in trouble right now or has this been a process or can it last? And, but, but basically they're like, we gotta talk to somebody right now. And it like wasn't the most convenient time, man. We had people over our house and we were hanging out, but I was like, you know what? This is, this is so cool because these people are tired of playing around 
around, and they're ready to get serious with God. They're ready to get serious and make a change in their life, and God wants to do something incredible in their relationships. And so we, I went over there, and, and man, we started talking, and God just started doing this amazing healing in their life. And we saw this, this couple start to turn back around. And, and I realized at that point that, that when we go fishing for people's lives, that fishing is never a convenient thing. It never happens at the most opportune times. It happens at, in the most inopportune times, the times that we have stuff going on where we want to do different things, that it just doesn't seem to be that convenient, that God wants to use us in a radical way. And what we got to realize is in Luke 12, 31, it says, God always gives you all you need from day to day if you will make the kingdom of God your primary concern. If we'll make the kingdom of God our primary concern, then God will take care of us in every single aspect of our lives. And so many times what happens to us is we're not paying attention to what's happening around us and we're wondering why the concerns of our life are not being taken care of. Because God is putting things in our life because he doesn't wanna make us all those things that we want. He wants to make us a fisher of men. He wants us to have an impact in somebody else's life. And if we will recognize that and we'll start to see that, we'll see that God wants to use us in an incredible, incredible way. I love what 1 Peter 3, 8, 9 says. It says, finally, all of you should be in agreement, understanding each other, loving each other as a family, being kind and humble, because you yourselves were called to do so so that you might receive a blessing. Circle the word blessing in that, in that verse right there. It means to prosper beyond comprehension. It means, it means when we make a decision to live for other people, when we make a decision to live for others and make them the primary focus of our life, God blesses us beyond what we could ever imagine. And we will start to see our dreams and our goals and all those things that we desire start to be fulfilled in our lives. And, and let me just tell you something. When we make a decision to live as a family here, when we make a decision to live as believers together and we, we say, you know what? We want this to be an awesome family and we're gonna love each other no matter what. It changes everything. And you guys know how that is because how many of y'all have a crazy person in your family? Uh, the majority of you. Come on, if you have a crazy person in your family, raise your hand. Raise your hand, turn around and look, look, look. Who is not raising their hand? That person is a crazy person in their family. <laughs> their family, you know what? They know that they're crazy and they love them anyways. You Why? because they're part of the family. And that's the same thing in God's family. God loves every single person. You know, the people that are here, the people that are not. And he's saying, man, I want them to be together. And when we start acting like a family, God can do some incredible, incredible things in our lives. And, it, and in fact, you know, it's, it's why I sign all of my emails and, and all of my correspondence, loving God, loving people and showing it. Because God, first of all, we, we serve this loving God who loved people. He loved me right where I was and he showed it by sending his son so I could have life and have it more abundantly. And I wanna do the same thing in other people's lives, man. I want them to know that there is this incredible loving God who loves people unconditionally. And the way that he showed it was by giving his son as a ransom for all of us so that we could have life and we could have it more abundantly. And if we will start to recognize that God it wants to use us, he wants to move in us, he wants to, have us be a catalyst to go and to be fishers of men in other people's lives, we will start to see some incredible, incredible things happen in and through us. And we just gotta, we just gotta understand that God wants to use us. God is just looking for an opportunity to use us. And sometimes it's, it's not how we expect. It's not how we expect at all. I mean, we never expected that we were gonna pick up our family and, and move away from everything we knew, from great jobs, from, from a, a thriving church, from all these things, and pick up and move to Fort Lauderdale where we knew nobody. That was never in our original 10, 20, 30 year plan. 
You know, and I'm sure that in your plan, some of the things that have happened in your life that God has called you to do were not in your original plan. But when you do, you start to see a blessing from God that you can never, ever imagine. And God wants to do some incredible things in your life. And I believe that today, God wants to, to take us from where we are to what he wants us to become. And he wants us to become fishers of men. And so for each of us, that's gonna look a little bit different, but I think there's some principles, there's some things that every one of us can be doing daily to help people move along in the process to becoming followers of Christ. And it starts by us doing some things. And so today I just wanna look at three things that I believe that we all have got to be looking out for, that we have all got to be doing. If we are gonna truly be fishers of men in this day and age, and if we're truly gonna do that, we have got to see people through the eyes of potential. We've got to see people through the eyes of potential because how many of us have seen some extremely, extremely talented people just totally throw their lives away? And you say to yourself, man, if I had that much talent, if I had those gifts, I would, I would do this or I would do that. And those people, they just tossed away all that potential. I think about, there's, there's two guys in particular in high school. There was a guy named Keith Williams, um, who was a running back at my high school and my sophomore year. Um, there were three guys in our county. I lived in Lee County at the time, and I, I played football at a school called Bishop Rowe, and he was on our football team. We ended up going to the state championship and lost, but there was, there was Keith Williams. There was this guy named Javon Curse. Anybody ever heard of him? He's called the Freak. And then there was this other guy named Edgar and James. They were the three best players in our county. Everybody, that's all they talked about. Who was gonna be player of the year between those three guys? And Keith Williams ended up being player of the year in our county. He was a stud. And at the end of his senior year, at the end of that year, he had scholarships from schools all over the country. People wanted him. His brother was actually one of the running backs at the U, Warren Williams. Uh, he ended up playing for Pittsburgh. I mean, he was, he was just a stud guy. And what happened is, is because he didn't have people in his life that wanted to encourage him, that, that pushed him towards that. He ended up walking away from college scholarships. Never, he actually works at McDonald's today. Most talented kid in high school, fastest kid at our school. Every college in the country was after him. Tossed it all away, never ended up playing a day of college football. Another kid that graduated with me, his name was Willie Sams. He was the number one rated defensive end in the nation at, at uh, Southeast High School in Bradenton. He was six foot eight, 320 pounds, ran a 40-yard dash in 4.5 seconds. He was basically a Mack truck on steroids, you know, and, and, and he was destructive. I mean, everywhere he went, he just destroyed everybody. Every, every offensive line was unbelievable because nobody pushed him. Nobody ever challenged him in his life. He never even scored high enough to get into college on the ACTs and the SATs. And I think about that, and I think about the potential that those people had and how they just ended up throwing it away. And, and I think about it, it's because nobody was in their life that would challenge them, that would encourage them, that would see them more than just where they were and see the potential that was in them and encourage them to move forward. And I love what Ephesians says. It says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And Paul right there is saying, you know what? Each and every one of us has got some incredible gifts and talents. And man, we need to maximize those things for the kingdom of God. We need to maximize those things. And we need people in our lives who are gonna help us make our life count. Because God doesn't want us to live a meaningless life. He wants us to live a life where our life counts. That's why one of the reasons in the corporate world, this whole idea of corporate coaching is going so gangbusters because 
People know that they need people in their lives that are gonna push them to excel, that are gonna push them beyond their limits, that are gonna say, you know what? I believe that there's more in you. I believe that you could do better things in this corporation. I believe that you can do this or that. And they end up excelling in life. And, and we have one purpose and we have one calling and that is to follow Jesus with everything that we have. And Jesus is saying, man, we need to be out there and we need to be encouraging people to realize and recognize that they have got an incredible gift, that they've got an incredible talent and we need to be looking at them and seeing them through the eyes of potential because if we are truly gonna become fishers of men, man, we gotta start seeing people not as they are, but as what they could be. That's what they could be. And God wants to use us in that. And, and, and a lot of times the reason we don't fulfill those things is because we have a lot of ups and downs in life. There's a lot of discouraging things that happen to us. And what happens is something bad happens and we get discouraged and we forget about encouraging other people. But God wants us to recognize, man, that we're, we're put out there in life, not so that we could just be encouraged, but so that we can be encouraged for others, so we can see the potential in other people. And one of the people that, man, I'm so grateful for is a guy named Billy Hornsby. Uh, he's a guy who helped us plant this church. And, uh, and I remember Billy telling me this story about when he was in high school. And, uh, and when he was in high school, he had a high school science teacher who one day called him stupid in class. And uh, from that day on, he just, he, he just resonated with that. And he said, you know what? I must be stupid. And for the next three years of high school, he gave no effort whatsoever, ended up barely getting out of high school. And he was from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, there isn't really a lot of hope for you, you know, because you're living in Louisiana. It's kind of like the armpit of America. So uh, sorry if you're from Louisiana. I just apologize in advance. Uh, I have a lot of friends from Louisiana. So um, and, and so, man, he didn't, he didn't really know what he was going to do. He thought, maybe maybe I could go to LSU. He got rejected at LSU uh, because he didn't have the grades high enough. And so the next best hope for him was to get a job at Exxon because that is the big corporation in Baton Rouge. And so he went to Exxon, and part of their, their process of hiring somebody is you had to take a test. And Billy was terrified of tests because, you know, he'd been told he's stupid his entire life. And so he went in and he took this test and he, he walked back out. And a couple days later, they called him up and said, uh, Mr. Hornsby, we would like to talk to you about your test. And he's like, listen, uh, I don't need you to talk to me about my test. I know I'm stupid. I know it didn't do well. And they're like, Mr. Hornsby, we want to come in. We want you to come in. We want to talk to you about your test. He's like, listen, you can just tell me I'm stupid over the phone. You don't need to say it to my face. I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. And they said, no, Mr. Hornsby, we really need to talk to you. And so he comes in and he sits down and the guy sits in front of him and says, Mr. Hornsby, we have never seen anything like this on any test we've ever given. You have scored so much higher than the highest score we've ever seen. It blows our mind. And let me just tell you something. You have so much going for you. You can pretty much do anything you want to do in life because you are one of the smartest people we've ever encountered. And that day, that curse of somebody telling him was stupid was broken. And I want to tell you, you know, a lot of us, we go through life and, and, we, and we, we think to ourselves, we'll never rise above what we've been told. But let me tell you something. Jesus has got something so much better than what the people around you have ever told. And he wants to break that curse in your life. And he wants to break that curse in other people's lives by going out there and seeing the potential within the people around you. And he says, you know what? There's potential within you. I don't want you just to be a fisherman anymore. I'm going to make you something else. I'm going to make you a fisherman. Like you're just not gonna be an ordinary person that's just gonna go through life. I'm gonna make you into something because I see potential in you. And every day there's people around us that need us to see the potential in them. 
that need us to see that, you know what, man, you can have an incredible marriage. You know what, you can be a great parent. You know what, you can go out there and start that company. You know what, you can have that relationship that you've always dreamed of. We need to be out there encouraging people more than they've ever been encouraged. And we need to see the potential within those around us. A couple of years ago after a, a Saturday night service at the church where I was one of the pastors at, I just got done preaching and, and I'd gotten home and there was this guy named Chuck Madden who called me up. And uh, he was pretty upset that night. He had, he had a long bout of uh, struggling with addictions and drinking. And, and he happened to call me up that night and he was skunk drunk. I mean, he was so trash and, and he was so angry because somebody had hurt him. And, and, and instead of being angry at that person, he decided he was gonna be angry at me. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. And so he called me up and he just started cussing me out. Now, most people, they don't really cuss out their pastors, but he felt that that was an okay thing. So I was gonna let it roll. And so, uh, you know, he's cussing me out and I'm like, yeah, I understand Chuck, you don't like me, uh, you know? And, and pretty soon he's like, he's like, why don't you yell back at me? You know, why aren't you responding back to me? And I said, Chuck, cause I love you. And I know that you're better than this. And again, he cussed me out some more and, and, I, and I went back to Chuck, you know what, man, I love you and you're so much better than this. And before long, Chuck hung up the phone on me. About an hour later, he calls me up, this time bawling his eyes out and he said, nobody has ever believed in me when I'm in this state and I wanna change. And that day, his curse was broken. His addiction to alcohol was done. In fact, today, he was just on the news in Sarasota because he runs drug and rehab programs for individuals just like himself, telling them how they can find freedom and how they can be set free by Jesus. Because somebody stopped and saw the potential within him in a desperate and dark situation. And we all need people like that in our lives. We all need people in our lives who will believe in us who will say, you know what, there's more in you. There's more within you, and I believe in you. Uh, First Peter says this, God has given each one of you some special abilities. Make sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. Let me just tell you something about our church. Our church is all about building people up. Our church is not about tearing people down. It's about seeing the potential within each and every one of us and saying, you know what, God has given you a special gift God has given you something so unique and so dynamic. And if we can just recognize what that is and help you fulfill it, you're gonna do great things for God. And every single one of us has it in it. Every single one of you has something unique and some special ability. Because God says we all have special abilities, man. And he wants to use those things to be a blessing to other people. And we want to help you discover those things. We want to help you use those things. We want to see you fulfill the gifts that are within you. And we believe in you. If we're going to truly become a community of believers that affects this community for Jesus Christ, man, that we have got to get out there and start using the things that God has given us, start implementing those things, and start being an encouragement for other people so that we can become fishers of men. And see, this is what will happen. There's this thing called the Rosenthal effect. And the Rosenthal effect is, is this idea that if you believe in somebody, that they will rise up to that occasion. It's been proven over and over again in classrooms. In fact, this last uh, study that they just did, they took two identical classrooms with the same identical aptitude in both classes. And in one class, they said, you guys are exceptional. And they told the teacher that they're exceptional. And they kept telling these students that they are exceptional. In the other class, they told them, you're a bunch of troublemakers. You wanna know what happened? The troublemaker class became troublemakers. 
They were the same students as the other class, but the exceptional students, they rose to the occasion. They became the most gifted class that there is, all because somebody believed in them. You know what that means for us? That Rosenthal effect happens in our lives. When we start believing in other people, you know what happens? They start rising to the occasion. And when we start believing in people, we start believing in the gifts and talents that God's given you, you know what? You start rising to the occasion. You start seeing God use you to do incredible things in other people's lives. And we need to start getting out there and start believing in people and, and, and saying, you know what? God has got something great for you. God is gonna use you in an incredible way, man. Man, and just spurring people on towards the thing that God wants to do. And if we're gonna truly be fishers, man, man, we've gotta step out of our comfort zones and we've gotta start seeing the potential in other people and encouraging them to live at that level. Second thing I think we have to do is we have to serve others unselfishly. Man, we have got to serve others unselfishly. Romans 15, two says, each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Circle the word each there. Do we have any eaches in here? Is anybody an each? Yes, all of you are an each, okay? All of you are an each. That's everybody. So, so in essence, he's saying each one of us, you know what? All of us need to be focused on something and that thing that we need to focus on is others. It's not ourselves. it's others. And, and I love the story of the Salvation Army. I love the story of, of William Booth. And, and I don't know if you've heard his story before, but when, when he was a young man, uh, his father was extremely wealthy and lost everything in a business deal. And in that same year that his father lost everything, um, his dad ended up dying uh, just randomly. And it really sent William into this like downspin. And there was a guy in his life who came alongside of him and encouraged him and said, you know what? You've got to live your life for something more than just gaining stuff. You need to live your life for others. And it inspired William to start this organization called the Salvation Army. And the Salvation Army, uh, I mean, is one of the largest uh, relief organizations in the, in the world today. And uh, in the early 1900s, they were having a convention and uh, William Booth was supposed to be speaking at it. And unfortunately, he had fallen really, really ill. And this, this convention was to, to cast the vision and the purpose and the direction for the, the next decade. They were like, for the next 10 years, this is what it's gonna be all about. And, and because he couldn't attend, he said, you know what? I'll send a telegram defining exactly what our convent, where our direction is gonna be for the next 10 years. And so everybody arrived there. There was thousands of people there to, to hear the direction of where they were gonna go. And, and during that time, the guy got up to speak and he opened the telegram and there was one word inside. And the word was others. He said, it's all about others. The direction of our organization is others. It's not ourselves, it's other people. And my question to you is, is what is the word that defines your life? What is your life all about? Is it about yourself or is it about others? Ephesians 2.10 says, it is God himself who has made us what we are and given us new lives from Jesus Christ. And long ago, he planned that we should spend these lives in helping others. Who or what are you spending your life on? What are you spending your life on? For the majority of us, man, we spend it on ourselves. I'm, I'm no different. I throw myself in that category. Man, there's a lot of times I spend it on myself. It's, it's about me, myself, and I, and what's important here. Where God says, you know what? Our life should not be about us. It should be about others. And this is what happens when we spend our lives serving and helping other people. At the end of our life, it makes our life significant. It's the one thing that continues on for eternity. It's not what we can do for ourselves, but what we can do for other people. It's what we can do to impact them. 
And most of us, we're never looking at the other people around us. We're so concerned with ourselves that we miss out on the blessing that God wants to use in us to impact them. Because we're serving ourselves selfishly rather than serving others unselfishly. In uh, 1999, I was living in Texas, and uh, I'd come back for a Christmas break or uh, a Thanksgiving break to spend some time with my family and, um, in the Sarasota area. And, and one evening after church, while I was there, uh, I, I'd happened to go into an Applebee's, and I remember this so vividly. And I walked in, and I saw a guy that I hadn't seen in, in almost a year, and his name was Jason Glasgow. And uh, he was one of my best friends before I moved away. And I saw this guy, and God was doing so much in my life at the time. And I saw him, and I said hi. And as I was walking away, I felt like God was saying, go tell that guy that Jesus loves you. Now, I don't know about you, but as a guy, it's not like a really common thing for me just to walk up to another dude and say, hey, man, Jesus loves you. That isn't like real cool. It isn't real masculine. And, uh, and so I wasn't really big on that. You know, it's, uh, so I'm going through this whole entire dinner and, and uh, this entire time is, I keep hearing God tell me, go tell that guy that Jesus loves him. And so at the end of the dinner, we're walking outside and we get to our car and I'm like, man, I gotta just go tell this guy. And I walk back in the restaurant and I tell him right there, hey man, Jesus loves you. And I tell him what happened in my life. And, uh, you know, I wish I could say like right there, he accepted Jesus and it was this holy moment and angels came down and sung and that, that wasn't the case. In fact, he, he rejected me pretty hard, um, which was not as fun as it sounds. And, uh, and so, but two months later, I get a phone call from him saying, you know what, I've been thinking about that night that you told me Jesus loved me and I wanna let you know that I gave my heart to Jesus today. And that guy ended up transforming people all around him. He was probably the most popular kid at his school. And uh, he ended up totally transforming his life, winning tons of people to Jesus Christ, all because I was willing to get out of my comfort zone and serve somebody else unselfishly and get out of myself and say, you know what? Jesus loves you, even though he was going to reject me. And this is what the Bible says. It says, we should not merely say that we love each other, but let us show the truth by our actions. You know, we can come in here every week and we can raise our hands and we can, we can shout down and we can say we love God, but do our actions show that throughout the rest of our days? Are we going around living for ourselves or are we serving others unselfishly? And so many times people are like, man, TJ, how are you so excited? Why are you so hyper? Why are you all of this about God? And, and the reason I am is because it tells us in Proverbs 11 and 25 that the generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And what that is, is that it's telling us the secret to fulfillment in life is serving other people. It's about doing for others what you would wanna have done for yourself. And, in my, and when my life is more about others, my life is more and more fulfilled. And if we're gonna, if we're gonna see ourselves truly become fishers of men, we've gotta recognize that our life cannot be about ourselves, but it's gotta be about us becoming what Jesus wants us to become and getting outside of ourselves and going and serving other people. And there's great opportunities for you to do that all over the place. There's opportunities um, with all kinds of organizations in our community to get out and serve and help people. There's Habitats for Humanities, there's Humane Societies. There's all kinds of areas. There's areas right here in our church every week on the back of your card. You can fill it out and say, you know what? I wanna serve some people in an area. I wanna help people see their potential and I wanna get outside of myself and I wanna make myself available for God to use me. And you know what'll happen? When you get outside of yourself, God will start to use you. 
And so if we're gonna truly embrace becoming what Jesus wants us to become, if we're gonna truly do that, we've gotta start seeing other people through the eyes of potential. And not only do we need to see them through the eyes of potential, but we need to get outside of ourselves and start to serve them unselfishly. And finally, we need to be speaking words of life to them. We need to be speaking words of life to them. I don't know about you guys, but have you ever recorded yourself and listened to you talk? I hate how I talk. I sound like a hick, but worse than that, most of the time, I don't like the words that are coming out of my mouth because most of the time I find that they're not building people up, but rather tearing people down. And I think if you were to record yourself at some time, you would find that, you know what? A lot of times, man, the words that are coming out of my mouth are not speaking life to other people. Ephesians tells us, when you talk, do not say harmful things. It's saying, man, don't backbite. Don't be gossiping. Don't be envious. Don't be out there being negative. Don't put other people down. Don't be doing all those things. It says, but say what people need. Words that will help others become stronger, then what you say will do good to those who listen. Listen, uh, us as Christ followers, we should be the most encouraging people ever to walk the face of the earth. We should be the most encouraging people at our office. When people are at our offices and we're at our workplace and people are having a bad day, you know who they should be going to to feel encouraged? It should be us. They should be coming to us because, man, we are the most encouraging, life-giving people. And, and man, when we see people doing well, we give them a that a boy and slap them on the butt and say, keep on keeping on, you know? Or when somebody gets that promotion that you were going for, man, you need to congratulate them rather than being jealous because, man, we should be the people that are building people up. We should be known for our positive encouragement rather than our negative attitudes. And Dr. James Dobson, I found this thing. He said, most people are not fired from a job because they lack the necessary skills to do their jobs. Most people are fired because of a lack of people skills. They simply can't get along with other people. And it's so true. Most people miss out on the opportunities of life because they don't have the people skills that are necessary to speak words of life to other people. Man, and we want this church, we want your church, my church, all of our church. And that's why I'm wearing this shirt because I love my church. And I know that there's others of you that, that love your church. Man, we want this place to be known not for uh, some loud music or crazy set designs or a pastor who will say crazy stuff. Or we want this to be known as a place that, man, when I go there, man, I'm loved unconditionally and I feel so much better about myself. Because you know what? Lights can go away, music can change, messages can be delivered a different way, but love stays the same. And our church needs to be a place, man, where people come in and man, they just feel like there is life here because of the love and the respect and the adoration that is given to each one of us. And I get to talk to so many church planners who come around and say, you know what, how have you guys made it here? What is, what is the secret to being successful down here? And I'm like, I don't really know. All I know is that we love our community like nobody else does. And when a school calls up and says, hey, we need meals for our teachers, what day do you want us there? When, a, when somebody else calls up and says, hey, we need this, how much? When a community says, hey, we need backpacks for our kids, how many kids do you have? Because you know what? We wanna love people unconditionally no matter where they are because that's exactly what Jesus would do. And when we do that, it brings life to dead places. And each one of us, man, we need to recognize that, man, we are not about doctrine. We're not about, we're not about religion. We're about this incredible relationship with God. And this incredible relationship with God is all about love. And it's all about loving God and loving people and actually showing it in life. 
It's not about a cool slogan. It's about a lifestyle. Because here's the deal. At the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, and I've sat with a lot of people on their deathbed, nobody is asking me to bring their, their, their award that they, they got from their business. Nobody is asking to check out their iPhone to see what their latest email is. Because all those things that we're running so hard after life for become pretty darn meaningless when we get down to the nitty gritty. You know what they're asking for? Hey, can you send my friends or family in? I wanna talk to that person. I wanna talk to this person. And so many of us have been trying to make our lives about all this stuff and success that we've missed the point. And Jesus is saying, you know what? That stuff is good. It's a good thing. It's, don't, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with that stuff, but it's not the better thing. And I want to make your life something different. I want to make your life, I want to make you a fisher of men because here's the deal. You're going to figure out one day that life is not about your accomplishments, but about your relationships. Because very few of us can remember the last five people that, that won the Miss America contest or the last five people that won the Heisman Trophy or the, last, or the top five CEOs of the Fortune 500 companies. Very few of us can tell us the names of those people, but you know what? I bet you all can tell me the five people that have impacted your life, that have brought you to become the person that you are today. I can name mine. I told you about one last week. Jeanette Durstein loved me when I was so unlovable and saw potential in me. My pastor, Randy Bazette, who, who saw me when I was, when every other church had, had written me off and said, you know what, there's potential within you and I believe that God's gonna do something great within you. Billy Hornsby, who said, you know what, God is gonna build his church through you guys and, and I support you not just in words, but man, I stand behind you financially. Bill Hybels, who, who told me, man, the local church is the hope of the world. And you know what? You are the church. It's not buildings. It's not bricks and mortar. It's you. And you have the hope of the world within you. So many people that have affected our lives, and we can all name them. And my favorite is a, is a guy named Ron Lewis. He told me, build savings accounts in the hearts of men. What are you living your life for? Are you living it for the stuff? Are you trying to make your, yourself all of this? Are you trying to make yourself successful, make yourself significant? Let's stop trying to make ourselves something. And let's start living for God and allow him to make us what he designed us to be. And that is fishers of men. Because what's on the line does matter. What's on the line of your life, that coworker, that neighbor, that friend, that relative, they matter to God and God wants to use you. He's put you in that spot specifically for this time in this place because he wants to use you to see the potential in them and to serve them and to bring life to their dead places. Let's pray. God, we just come before you. And I thank you so much that, God, you don't want us just to live for ourselves.
You don't want us just to live ordinary lives. And it's so easy to run after the things that, that the world tells us are, are what life is all about, the success, the significance. But at the end of the day, it ends up being a meaningless life. But I believe that today that God wants to use each and every one of you, your incredible gifts and your incredible talents, because you each have them to impact somebody else's life. And he's just been waiting for us to get our eyes off of ourselves, so that we can look just a little bit longer at the person next to us and see the potential within them and serve them and encourage them in it. And I pray that today that each one of us, we would drop our desires and our wants, God, and run after your desires and your wants. And that's the heart of every man, woman, and child to be in a relationship with you. And I pray that you just use every person here today to step outside of their comfort zone, to step outside of the ordinary and see God use them in a significant way and to snatch people from the pit of hell. God, because it's all about you. God, help us to make our lives not about ourselves, but about you. In Jesus' name I pray.